this this is great. What a time to be alive. Charlie, what's your reaction to seeing this? I feel like I'm here at a historical moment in time. Taylor, how did you figure out a guy had a python in his pants? Python. Blah 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 blah. Cooler. Yeah, baby. The Como Water Cooler with Charlie Harger and Taylor Van Size. All right, big show today. Coming up, our Jeff Podula talks about his head exploding. We hope that's figurative. But you decide. This is the sound he made. Also, they're the most stolen cars on the road, and they're 20 years old, the cars that are beloved by car thieves. Also coming up, this is a lot more than replacing the tile and adding a new deck. The Space Needle about to undergo a big remodeling project. But first... The Real News. Real News. The Real News. The Real News. As the presidential campaign heats up, Donald Trump looks to earn some votes in Washington state. State campaign deputy director Doug Erickson tells us Trump is making a West Coast swing. Well, we're excited. We think uh, Mr. Trump will be back out in Washington state here uh, end of August, the first part of September. We can't pin down a date yet because all of these campaigns, the, the movements are always in flux. Though he's behind in the polls here in Washington, Erickson believes Trump has a chance to turn this blue state red. Uh, his poll numbers here are solid. He really appeals to the... Uh, the working class folks here in Washington state, our manufacturing job base, who are very concerned about a, uh, the potential of a President Hillary Clinton uh, shipping more and more of our jobs overseas. So the deal is we don't know exactly what day he'll be here. It'll be the end of August, perhaps early September. Trips supposed to include fundraisers and a public rally. Those are specifics Erickson hopes to share with us in the coming days. A 30-year veteran police officer will serve a 10-day suspension for kicking and repeatedly punching a man nearly six years ago. Seattle Police Chief Kathleen O'Toole says if the incident had happened during her tenure, she would have fired Officer David Bauer. This happened on November 4th, 2010, and it's only now an issue because Como made a request for all police dash cam video. Officer Bauer and other officers were called to a Georgetown bar. Two men had been kicked out. They are still outside. The bartender said she feared for her safety. And police approached the two men in a parked car in a bank parking lot. Put hands on feet. Don't move. What are you doing tonight? I'm speaking. You're speaking it right now. Officer Bauer then used what Chief O'Toole described as a wind-up kick to the stomach of a man on the ground. Now, they wrestle, they get him in handcuffs. Bauer then punches the man in the face 14 times. On the video, you can see and hear the blows. Get a cup on Now, while Officer Bauer couldn't explain why he punched the man so many times, he says he took full responsibility for his actions and the embarrassment he believed he caused a department. He's been with it for more than 30 years. Chief O'Toole wrote in a disciplinary report that Bauer used excessive force and violated department policies on lawful conduct. Now, there's a lot of buzz on social media right now. People saying they've been drugged lately at Capitol Hill bars and nightclubs. Fine one minute, then blacked out the next. Detective Mark Jamison with the SPD says this is a big concern for them. So this is something that we are taking seriously, but I have to stress that we don't have any confirmed reports that this is a spike or or a trend that is going on right now. This is just something that we've heard. So what they need to do basically is decide and determine whether this is rumor or is it fact, maybe a, a blend of the two. So they're asking for witnesses to come and step forward, and they say you can call 911 if you believe your drink was spiked. And police also reaching out to the owners and staff members at bars, asking them to be on the lookout for any suspicious behavior. Well, I-
Now singer Isaac Brock is recovering, accused of causing a multi-vehicle accident in Portland, Oregon. Officials say Brock fell asleep at the wheel, drove into a traffic stop, and hit a city of Portland Park's pickup truck. Chain reaction crash involved five cars. No one was seriously injured. Brock passed a sobriety test at the scene. He was cited for careless driving. The pride of Issaquah right there, Modest Mouse, don't you know? Well, yeah, man. I, I, I played a lot of college radio, and uh-huh. that meant a lot of Modest Mouse went to a bunch of their shows. Uh, interesting fellow, that Isaac Brock. <sighs> you could say that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now, that's the news. Uh, These are stories, Taylor, we should have covered. I don't think I know the difference. I want you to love me like my daughter's baby. When I come home, that's a song I used to play on country radio, by the way. Oh, yeah. I'm a big country music fan. Of course I know that, Taylor. <laughs> what do you think? I just randomly pulled out these songs based on their titles? Absolutely not. Their theme? How dare you? Charlie, if you give a man the choice between a woman and his dog, sometimes he's going to choose the dog. That's what police say happened in Mississippi. The woman who got the boot is accused of burning down... I shouldn't laugh at that. She's accused of burning down the dude's house. Lawanzi Duvall of Columbia is in jail on an arson charge. The man told investigators she was complaining about the dog. He told her the dog was there first, and if she didn't like it, she could leave. On her way out, she's accused of setting the man's clothes on fire. He was able to escape the house a total loss. It better be a darn good dog. It's a great dog, I bet. All right, it might be something you expect Mac and Sweet D to pull on Always Sunny, but this, this is real life. What happened? Philadelphia urging its residents not to swim in dumpsters. This happens after a rented trash bin was filled with fire hydrant water and transformed into a pool (laughs) during a weekend block party. Uh, This is coming from the news site Billy Penn. I've seen pictures of this as well. Uh, So this neighborhood decides to have a block party. Right. They take a giant dumpster. They uh, power wash it out, line it with tarps, put in the corners pool noodles so nobody, like, you know, hurts themselves. This is pretty well thought out, it sounds like. They fill it with fire hydrant water. Uh, Evidently, the city didn't take kindly to that. They weren't big fans. (laughs) I know. Well, but you see people popping open fire hydrants now and then on really hot days. Right, right. Apparently, that's against the rules. But they were storing it this time. Yeah. Okay. I, I will go with you to a certain point. However... Department of Licensing there. Evidently, they're the ones who oversee this. This is the money quote here, Taylor. She goes, you would think this is a decision that would not require an explanation because everybody's in trouble over this. Uh, After all, after all, think about it. mm -hmm. What if there were a fire? All that water? It's in the dumpster, ready to use. You know, having lived in the country for a while, it was pretty common to see that in truck beds. It was a great time. People would put down a tarp, fill up the truck bed. You got a mobile pool. Okay, guys, we've cleaned out the refrigerator. I think we're just about ready to build the perfect pizza. Give me a pizza! Oh, you know what the perfect thing for the Midnight Munchies is? 
Good old slice of pizza. Students at One Ohio University will be able to buy hot pizza from an ATM. This is at Xavier University in Cincinnati. They're partnering with a French company to install the first pizza ATM in North America. Customers also able to use a touchscreen to pick one of the $10 pizzas. They're heated for a few minutes, automatically placed in a cardboard box, then ejected through the slot. Jennifer Pyatt is a Xavier administrator and tells WCPO-TV she's a New Yorker but considers the ATM pizza the best she's ever had. Are we about to hear some Tom Likas? We're not about to blow you up. No. (laughs) The opposite. Oh, good. Sleep apnea, insomnia, monsters under the bed, hands in warm water. They're all dangerous sleeping disorders. Well, yeah. And then you have Como's Jeff Pojola. Believe it or not, that's how Jeff sounds when he's sleeping. It's a real thing called exploding head syndrome. Well, let him explain. For as long as I can remember, I have had trouble sleeping. Well, not so much sleeping as falling asleep and then feeling exhausted the next morning. Then, in my late 20s, during the first time I ever had roommates, they started to get concerned about the strange noises I'd make while in bed. Often I'd startle myself awake, only to fall right back asleep, often with no memory of what had happened. So I did a little research and came across something called exploding head syndrome. Exploding head syndrome is is certainly a a term that tends to get people's attention. Dr. Nathaniel Watson is a professor of neurology and president of the American Academy of Sleep Medicine. He also happens to head the UW Medicine Sleep Center. It's a parasomnia where people experience hearing a very loud sound and oftentimes experiencing kind of like a flash of light usually in the first hour or two of their sleep period. That sounded exactly like me. I would think I'd hear something akin to an explosion or cymbals crashing. And I would jerk out of bed. As you might imagine, it can create uh, the heart, heart racing and some anxiety and fear when it occurs. And for me, it wasn't just the hallucination of sound. Any sudden external noise, like a knock at the door, would cause the same reaction. As you can imagine, my roommates at the time had a lot of fun with that. But thankfully, exploding head syndrome isn't harmful. It is benign. We don't believe that it's associated with any other particular uh, illness, sleep disorder, or otherwise. And the actual noises I make are something called somniloquy. Otherwise known as sleep talking. And often, I would have long conversations. All this sound, by the way, is from an app I downloaded in order to record what I was doing at night. And Dr. Watson says exploding head syndrome is a rare condition, so they often look at other factors and other possibilities. Whenever somebody comes to us with these issues, we often, you know, check and see, are they sleep deprived? Yes. Uh, Have they been ill recently? Sometimes. Are they under a lot of mental or physical stress? Always. Do they have a lot of pain? Do do they have uh, alcohol consumption issues? No. Do they have sleep disorders, such as sleep apnea or restless leg syndrome, which can contribute to these things? Maybe. Now, I haven't officially been diagnosed with exploding head syndrome, but I have had a number of sleep studies, and those studies have a number of doctors scratching their heads. (laughs) Jeff Pogela, Como News. It's a serious issue. A mm. lot of people have this. Yeah. I, I think we've all, you know, woken and, you know, you felt like you were falling or something like that. Then you wake up right yeah, before you hit the a, ground. A big jolt. Yeah. Happens to Jeff all the time. That sucks.
For him or for his roommates, though? I think just for everybody oh, involved. Okay. Hey, really think about this. You, you, you hear this going on. Like all the time. Yeah. It's a crazy man. And here's the thing. Exclusively here on the Como water cooler, mm-hmm. we were able to uncover even more audio of Jeff as he's waking up. We wired his house? No, I, I can't say how. Oh. But I did get this recording of Jeff from 1980. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hey, I'm No, seriously, let's compare these. Uh-huh. Now back to Carl Spackler. It looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole. That is the same person. <laughs> it has to be. He once met the Dalai Lama, so he has the, that going the Lama, for him. I think you mean. Yes, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I'm i okay with the idea of someone having an exploding head syndrome and sounding like that. Yeah, the, <laughs> yes, that. I, I would liken it to somebody snoring. You know, after a while, I think you just get used to you it. To, yeah. it's, it's comforting to hear out of nowhere Jeff just start babbling. <laughs> well... Yeah, it's so different and unusual to hear him just babbling. For as long as I can remember. No, that's the actual story. Okay, sorry. <laughs> now, here's the thing. He used he used a, what's called a, a sleep talk app. Okay. And so what I did, uh, this is no joke, I have on my phone, I, I said, Jeff, tell me more about this right, sleep talk yeah. app. So I downloaded it, figuring I was going to be completely silent throughout oh, yeah, the night. Yeah, you're going to be a great journalist, but find out anyway. Yeah. All right, ladies. Hmm. Listen and weep. That's me. This is your proudest radio moment. It really is. Uh, Charlie, I need to get out of your bedroom and into a jail cell. He avoided the law for years and developed a reputation as the barefoot bandit. After serving much of his prison sentence, Colton Harris-Moore has been approved work release. Earlier this year, he told Como's Brian Calvert about his life in prison and his future plans. You can't make everybody happy, Brian. That's a fact. And the people who are who have followed my story for as many years as it's been going on know that I've done everything in my power, and I'll continue to do everything in my power to make things right, to make things whole. And there's only so much I can do from prison. What, what do you plan on doing along those lines when you get out? Well, once my restitution's paid for and everything else is paid for and made whole monetarily and otherwise, the only thing I can do is never commit another crime, which I have absolutely no interest in. Now, the attorney for Harris Moore, John Henry Brown, tells us his client will be allowed to work at his law firm once the work release details are finalized by the Department of Corrections. You drive a pretty terrible car. I drive the worst kind of car. But I ask a hypothetical question. Okay. Is your car more likely than others to be ripped off? You might think a shiny new car is Uh attractive, right? Yeah. Would you rather have a Maserati or my 99 Jeep? I, I, one of them has air Maserati. conditioning. Yeah. 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 All it's right. It's not my car. Turns out the most stolen car around here is 20 years old. The 1996 Honda Accord. That's Kenton Bryce with the Northwest Insurance Council. A 96 Accord. I, uh, hmm. Nice car. Yeah. You know, I think my grandma actually still drives her late mid to late 90s Accord. Really? It's that's, a good car. That's the big car for being stolen. So many of them are on the road. Uh, that often they're stolen uh, in order to uh, provide parts for other vehicles on the black market. So rounding out the top three, 
We have the 98 Honda Civic and the 04 Ford full-size pickup. I wish that more 99 Jeeps were stolen so I could at least find parts to fix it with. (laughs) Nobody has them. Well, Bryce has a reminder for you. If you only have collision insurance and your car gets ripped off, you're out of luck. Insurance isn't going to pay to replace it. He advises you you pay the extra 5 or 10 bucks a month for stolen car coverage. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I think you could pay because I looked it up. The 96 Honda Accord, mm-hmm. blue book value, if you were to sell it on your own, 1500 bucks. Okay. Okay. So if you're paying 5 or 10 bucks a month extra... Yeah, you start to do a little math. I'm no consumer, man. I don't pretend to be mm-hmm. Herb. No. I don't pretend. But I'm starting to think, after a while, maybe that doesn't pencil out. No, and and again, I just want someone to steal my Jeep. Okay. If, if it's gone, then I have to go get another car. Now, you can't be leaving the keys in it, Taylor. I don't think they like it. I don't think the key works. Put a lollipop stick in, just turn it. <laughs> All right, across the street from us, uh-huh. here we are at Como Plaza. In the shadow of the Space Needle, it's a recognizable landmark. It's getting a facelift. Corwin Hake reports on the challenge of making changes to a beloved icon. You know, some people are surprised to learn the Space Needle is privately owned. It is by the Space Needle Holding Corporation, and these owners are planning an extensive remodel of the Needle's observation area. They want to open up the views from the top of the retro-futuristic tower built for the 1962 World's Fair. Marketing executive Karen Olson says the planned remodel removes some view barriers. This new proposal, elevator doors will open, and you just see Seattle, and it's phenomenal. You get to walk down and approach Seattle, and the outer deck would have a glass barrier with a glass bench so you can sit down and float over the city. The observation deck and the revolving restaurant below it will feature a great deal more glass to improve the views, and she says keeps the place relevant. We're excited. We believe this is a plan for the next 50 years of the Space Needle. We're calling it the Century Project. So how to remain relevant to the city of Seattle and all the people that visit the Space Needle. The Needle is privately owned, but subject to historic landmark rules. And so this planning process has been over years. We've talked to historians, preservationists, uh, team members, community members. We had the original structural engineer as part of our planning process. So we actually drew the original version of the Space Needle. The Needle has undergone renovations before. A 100-foot level banquet hall was added in the 1980s. 16 years ago, the lobby and observation deck were spruced up. But current plans call for the most extensive and expensive remodel since the joint first opened 54 years ago. It was a raucous meeting at Puyallup High School Thursday night. About 250 people showing up to talk about the impact of the New Hope Resource Center for Homelessness. Now, Como's Pete Combs moderated the town hall meeting, and he shares with us now his impressions of the sentiment on both sides of the issue. Do you pray that the walls come down, God? Just the walls of animosity, the walls of inaction, the walls of unbelief. The night before the big town hall meeting, dozens of people who support the New Hope Resource Center pray that their opponents will see the light. Lord Jesus, may this peace and this understanding just fill that room. New Hope has offered meals, counseling, and resources to the homeless of Puyallup for three years now. But in the process, it's angered neighbors like Jenny Roberts, who runs a hair salon next door. I see people doing drugs, people are loitering, um, 
I've seen the same people there for three years, so I don't really know what their success rate, I guess, is. Roberts has led the fight against the homeless center, gathering plenty of allies in Puyallup, as well as on the city council. In March, the city passed a law classifying New Hope as what's called a significant impact business, along with sex offender group homes and plants that make explosives and fireworks. Tonight, New Hope will hear from the community on what the conditions of that new license should be. We're just hoping to feel more safe. But Rick Rose, who once directed the New Hope Resource Center, says... In the midst of 37% increase in homelessness in Pierce County in 2015, I think naturally people look and say, well, this must be New Hope's problem. Mark Pettelford was once homeless. He shakes his head at what he thinks is a lack of empathy on the part of New Hope's detractors. People have misconceived notions sometimes about what really goes on with homelessness and how I mean it's expensive to be homeless it's uh, tiresome you gotta walk you gotta ride a bike it just has to be more compassion I think in the community big time New Hope volunteer Jim Ritter says the problem is people are simply afraid of the homeless his solution come here see it let me show you around and explain to you how it works and what we're trying to accomplish but Robert says she's seen quite enough and I'm not against you know sheltering people that want to be helping themselves. I'm just not seeing that some people over there are wanting to help themselves. I mean, maybe we need to put it somewhere else, but it is literally in the middle of our downtown core business area. This part of our district wasn't meant for a business like this. We're by the schools. We're right in the middle of residential. Rick Rose says eventually the city will have to take a more active role in helping the homeless. There are no permanent overnight shelters in Puyallup, and he says the city is doing its best to dismantle the church-run Freezing Nights program, which offers overnight shelter to homeless people during the coldest months of the year. I mean, the faith-based community, as you can tell, the faith-based, the churches, I mean, they are really here. Uh, you know, wholeheartedly and in full support. And I have to say, I think the city has been hands-off, and I'm not sure they can remain on the sidelines much longer. City leaders will be at tonight's town hall meeting, but they'll be on the sidelines listening to both sides of this debate. And eventually, it'll be up to those city leaders to decide what conditions they'll impose on New Hope in order for the resource center to keep its doors open. In Puyallup, Pete Combs, Como News. Hey, this is pretty cool. What's that? We have all these new state troopers who are mm-hmm. down in Olympia. They got sworn in at the state capitol earlier this week. Right. One of them, stepson of our Lisa Jaffe. Oh, so we won't get pulled over anymore. Uh, absolutely wrong. Oh. But, but, I mean, it probably wouldn't hurt to drop her name. Hey, I, I know Elisa. Can right. you, uh, you know uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Como's Carlene Johnson has a close-up. In law enforcement, you often see a young person follow in their parents' footsteps. Today, I am graduating from the Washington State Patrol Academy to become a trooper in uh, Monroe. 24-year-old David Zeller told me he wasn't sure patrol was for him, but more recently, he realized it was what he wanted to do with his life. My parents were both state police officers. My dad retired as a lieutenant and my mom was a trooper. Zeller and the other academy graduates completed more than a thousand hours of training and are from all over the state. A recruiting push to get new officers has been helped by a recent pay raise thanks to the legislature. Kyle Moore, spokesman for the patrol, says offering more money can only help. Stem that tie, close that gap and try to get the troopers more in line with some of these top agencies. That tide saw them losing nine officers a month, but earlier this year that had slowed down to about five a month. Some are retirements, but more have been leaving to work for other agencies that pay better. They have lost the most officers from districts around Seattle, Tacoma, Marysville, and east over to the Tri-Cities, where local agencies have offered more compensation. And so it's usually the areas where 
we have very competitive other law enforcement agencies is where we see the vacancy rate. They also eased up a bit on the candidate application rules. It used to be automatic disqualification if you had a drug or alcohol violation on your record. The minor level drug offenses, DUIs when they were younger, things like that may have knocked them out in the past. Now they're looking at candidates more holistically. Moore says that does not mean their standards are being lowered. Hardest part for Zeller during the academy, he said, was getting pepper spray sprayed in the face a couple times. Well, you felt it for two to three hours afterwards, usually. And it was uh, it was horrible. I asked him about patrol paying better as officers did get a good raise of up to 10.8% last month. Even starting troopers are going to make more money. He said that wasn't a deal breaker for him. So I was in it either way, but the pay is always nice. Swearing in today by State Supreme Court Chief Justice and then... It's time to get to work. They'll be hitting the road the next day all over the state. For Zeller, that will be District 7 in Monroe. Home is Olympia for him, but he told me it's time to get out on his own and do his own thing. Carlene Johnson, Como News. All right. It's a dash cam video. Oh, it's always the same. No, this isn't the same. This isn't your average police versus good guys or bad guys situation. No, we'll let Brian explain. As the video begins, you see Officer Ernest McVeigh leave his patrol car and immediately engage. All right, you guys, you just step over the side of the road, put your hands up in the air. When there's no response, the officer's tone sharpens. All right, down on the ground. Get down on the ground. At this point in the video, the officer becomes exasperated. Don't run from me, I'm the police. Still no response. Stop resisting. At this point, many who view the video react with a smile. Get back here, watch out for the mailbox. After all, Maine's finest isn't chasing your average everyday bad guy. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? We got a possible mad cow situation here. We're gonna handle this. We're gonna handle this. Mad cow? You mean roving bovines. Officer McVeigh happened upon a herd of wayward heifers. So he did what any good cop would do. Got out his cell phone and made a fun video. Now imagine the portly patrol officer running after the cows as you again hear his commands. All right, you guys, you just step over the side of the road, put your hands up in the air. You mean hoofs in the air, right? All right, down on the ground. Get down on the ground. Don't run from me, I'm the police. Officer McVeigh says police are taking a lot of heat these days, so he wanted to show the world cops have a sense of humor. Like the moment the cows happened upon a vodka bottle in the middle of the road. Well, that's booze. Leave it alone. It's not good for you. That's booze. All right, guys. Yeah, yeah. Head in there. Keep moving. Officer McVeigh, don't you mean keep moving? They're fleeing on me. Of the several priceless moments in the short video, my favorite is the very end, when Officer McVeigh can't even keep a straight face himself. You know, that's a fine story from Brian. Mm-hmm. I, I I just, in my mind, I'm not able to get out the cop's theme song from my head anymore. Right. Uh, I may be uh, you got, ideologically just traumatized from ste- that. Steer your mind around it, Oh, Haley. come on now. Let's no move bowl. along. But, oh, geez, Charlie. Actually, the one thing I wish they would have put in there from the cop, I wish he would have said that he was going to get the cows on drunken disorderly conduct. Yeah. You know, there's a whole vodka bottle Turns there. Turns out anymore. the cop had no beef. I don't know about you. Right. I I feel like we could go get a burger right now. Uh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, and and then we can watch uh Supersize Me. Mm. Yeah. It's not bad for you. Actually, m- mo- movie and, and, and uh, <laughs> a burger sounds pretty good. All right, till next time. Oh boy.
And we promise you there will be a next time. You can always find the podcast on the uh, Apple iTunes Store, through the Google Play Store. You can find us online at comonews.com. Also, uh, on the Como News app, you can listen to Como Radio on FM 97.7 and AM 1000. Uh, in any other? Semaphore. Semaphore? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you have smoke signals. Yeah. The occasional Facebook live stream, actually. Right, right. Uh, uh, just very occasional. And And... A periscope. Yeah. Sometimes I go out on periscope. And I'm a twit sometimes on the tweeters. No, I, most times. I'm a, I'm a tweet on the Complete tweeters. Complete twit. We'll see you next time. Got the vibe. Mm-hmm. We're ready. We're yeah. excited. This Whoa. is fun. Here we go. The tip of the teeth to the top of the tongue. Hey, red leather, yellow leather. Unique New York. Two witches were washing wristwatches. Which witch was washing which watch? Ah, two corpulent porpoises. What? Too far? Poor pie. Poor pie? Cor- corpulent pie. Poor pie. That's too thing. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, but the beast is